Okay, and I'm recording. What's up, folks? It's Actatus. And Frankie. And this week, no one will be seated during our discussion of Zombinator. Okay, so I'd planned on reopening this by doing a very terrible rendition of Bare Naked Ladies one week, but all centered around the idea of us not having hit record. Um, you know, of course, in several weeks. Uh, but uh-huh. I've lost the nerve to do that. <laughs> Frankie, let me instead replace it with this. What is your favorite line out of one week? Oh, I don't even think I've heard it. You've heard it. I need some lyrics here. You s- you're awful. Probably the lines about X-Files winds up being my favorite. Either that or the one about uh, uh, him watching Sailor Moon. Because it's got those boom anime babes that makes him think the wrong thing. Legit line. No. Yeah. You <gasps> you must have missed the bit where he says, Chicka to China, the Chinese chicken. You oh have a no, drumstick and your brain stops ticking. You've heard that? <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> What's your favorite line? I don't know, it's been a long time. So it's been more than one week. Yeah. So let's I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna allow allow the audience a peek behind uh the awful curtain. Shit's been bad. <laughs> <laughs> I've been depressed. Frankie's been depressed. Uh, no, then no, I have not. Then I've been depressed again. <laughs> and it's been real bad. It's been awful. We tried recording an episode l- last week? Week before last. Uh-huh. And, and you nixed it because it was a horrible recording. Yeah, I, I I made the executive decision that we are never putting that one out. That was a bad episode. Decent premise, bad episode. Bad execution on that one. Yeah. So instead, we just didn't because I couldn't get myself to, like, get motivated to watch any movies. We kind of just spent the time watching Hannibal. Stopped watching Dexter because... A, it started getting real bad, like we hit season five, and then also, man, the transphobia. Man, the slurs. There's yeah. a lot. It's bad. It's rough. So, I decided to do, to, to, to get out of my, my slump, I decided to do what I, I used to do to get out of my depressive slumps. Uh, and that was, uh, go watch some bad movies. Uh, this was usually where I'd, I would, I would dig deep into Netflix's, uh, Many, more obscure, many horrible movies. Uh, movies, you know. This is where I would watch my uh, knockoff of a knockoff of Bruce Campbell alien movies. And actually, you know what? It was during one of those slumps that I actually ran into maybe my favorite Bruce Campbell movie, though. Uh, which is My Name is Bruce. I need to make you watch that, I think. Because it's so good. But uh, in, in that, that sort of fashion, I decided to dig back into my garbage pile of movies. And do one that we we almost floated last time, but uh, I couldn't turn you into. Yeah, and then you left me no fucking choice but to watch it. Yeah, because you wanted to watch Wally, and I'm like, I cannot watch Wally right now. Why not? Wally is a great movie. Wally is a great movie. Hey, you realize we're facing down ecological disaster right now? I'm well aware. And that like the, all all of the uh, projections that have existed for the last several decades are all wrong. Well, yeah, they're all awful. I can't watch Wally right now. I can't take an an an, uh, an analytical look to Wally, and 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 remain remotely positive. Fair. So we watched Zombinator, <sighs> and um, what a movie! I think 
we we almost climbed a call it a movie. No, I think we wrapped it up last night, and I turned to you and I said, that is a solid 7 out of 10. As, as, I, as I asked you, did you have more or less fun watching this movie than Doctor Strange? More only because it's like, wow. Just wow. Right, but at least that's a reaction. Look, movies like this make you feel something. Yeah, complete and utter disbelief. I watched Doctor Strange and I feel nothing. I, legit, I think I felt nothing walking out of Endgame. I took it as just like, oh, I must just be shocked that it's over or something. No, I think I think I was just bored. I don't remember feeling anything. At least that when I walked out of this, I was befuddled. I was amused. I was fucking confused. I had such a good time. So let's let's give you I'm gonna give you the quick like Wikipedia uh thing because they don't even have a synopsis, they just have the premise. So here's the premise for the movie, okay? Uh Nina a fashion blogger goes to Youngstown, Ohio to shoot a documentary, but is caught up in a zombie apocalypse. An ex-soldier and zombie hunter, the Zombinator, appears in the city and tries to protect the citizens from the machinations of an evil corporation and their mercenary, the Colonel. That's pretty accurate. It misses some key points. Well, yeah. Um, so, right off the bat, my expectations going into this movie was... Most definitely not what you get. ...that I would have at least one scene... Where it's revealed that our Zombinator is basically a Terminator, right? I expected basically a Terminator movie in which um, our, our, like, future super soldier type character is this robotic organism that was sent back in time to defeat this oncoming zombie apocalypse before it lays waste to the rest of humanity. And that is not what we got. Yeah, no. And it's very, it's very confusing, right? Because all of the box art leads you to think that right it's false all advertising like, it's all like a, a half zombie half robot face yeah um right it's basically the terminator skull but with zombie flesh on it mm-hmm. and it really it it kind of buries the lead a little bit <laughs> you go through the the whole movie you're like okay Ryan, this is where it's gonna you're gonna really get this turn towards it being like from the future no oh no the movie's over now okay sure why not um, they didn't make it like two and a half hours long. No, it's it's a it's a crisp, tight hour twenty three. Thankfully, there is so little fat on this movie. I yeah, but then but it's like watching <laughs> twelve different movies at once because each scene is like um. So we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and we'll go ahead and go go through my notes and we'll discuss this thing I think bit by bit because nobody's gonna watch this. No, because it's horrific. And at the end, I'm going to drop a piece on you that's going to recontextualize the whole thing, okay? It's going to lay to to the dirt all of our weird opinion or weird questions, okay? Uh-huh. It's going to change everything. Uh-huh. So starting off, we wind up with these, like, it's like people discussing uh, basically our main character, Nina. And it's some very strange dialogue right off the bat, right? There's some people who are trying to discuss how creative she is. We have a third voice who pops in discussing how she's a Taurus. Uh, that goes nowhere, right? Uh, Nina is shown to be working or inspired by uh, Frock On, which come to find out, I joked about that can't have been a real thing, right? That's an awful like pun. No, that's a real thing. The director was actually got the idea for this while shooting a documentary for Frock On, which explains as well the weird mockumentary type of uh, shooting style. Right, because the whole thing is basically a found footage type film, 
and it was shot with that sort of language, but it, it breaks the diegesis so frequently. Yeah. Um, I want to ask first before I continuously use the term, are you familiar with the term diegesis? No. Okay. So when we discuss something being diegetic in film, right, uh, it basically means that the, uh, the thing in question comes from within the film itself, right? So, for example, if in the movie there's music playing and it's music coming from a stereo in the scene, that is diegetic music then, as opposed to, right, music coming from outside the scene, right, uh, an ambient score, right? Uh, we can take uh, the opening oh, to okay, 28 I weeks later, you. right, okay, and we have that, that score playing. That's non-diegetic music. Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, meanwhile, we have the jukebox in Shaun of the Dead, right, that is diegetic music. Yeah, Right, well the music is, is uh, coming from and played into the scene. I got you. And in this case, the, the camera itself is diegetic to the film, right? It exists within the film in theory, as opposed to... Uh, your you know typical movie has a non-diegetic camera right it's it's not an active member yeah with potentially some exceptions but we're not going to get into that we can get into like some bits where like hereditary kind of plays with with uh with the camera in a very interesting way once again collative learning's got a very good set of videos on hereditary that i strongly recommend people watch because it's interesting i don't know if i agree with his takes but they're they're definitely interesting that was a aside then we wind up with kind of our camera crew, right? And this is one of the first bits I want to get to uh, that listed some very weird, uh, weird bits throughout the movie, right? And it, it definitely got me thinking. But the uh, the camera crews kind of got this side footage where they're discussing like all the murders that happen in this town, which is a fuck ton and, apparently. Like all the weird places that they found bullet holes. But you also get this weird thing where they're also discussing like gentrification as well. Right, they they went from discussing how like, oh yeah, it used to be you would just find bullet holes and everything, and now it's just people just oh, often yeah, disappear. Yeah, we talked about that. And they discuss how like the the whole area is changing, right? You suddenly have new money coming in and whatnot. Got to. And then you have what I found really interesting, right, is you had this uh this like fourth person. She never comes up again. I don't know what her point was. I thought she was maybe supposed to be the director or something, or the a uh, person who's like conducting an interview. Right, because she has that kind of like that almost Pamela Voorhees type look to her, right? Of like maybe a like older like fifties, sixty year old woman, right? Mm -hmm. uh, who comes in uh, yelling at the film crew for making a murder movie during her her uh, documentary time, right? Which I found really interesting, right? Taking this serious issue and pushing it aside for very like frivolous, yeah. uh, like just consumerist nonsense, right? Which plays really interestingly with the film crew dis uh, discussing how like these areas the serious issues are pushed away to, to kind of have this false veneer over them yeah I, I found it very interesting and i doubt that it was intentional but i liked it uh once again then we have some shots of our fashion blogger out at some train tracks right she's with discussing friends who are uh how it's how it's uh this really like rustic and desolate place yeah it's a little dangerous and there's been a lot of murders here but it's really like i keep telling all my fashion people who keep doing shots and in, in baton rouge no come down to youngstown right and we kind of i think like you and i had discussed right we get this weird like sort of i'm gonna say the fetishization of murder right um and it, it's the thing that's always existed right we've always had like the the serial killer obsession right as as almost like a, a, a fashion statement in and of itself well i can attest to that in my obsession with serial killers yeah um and the sort of way that like 
my favorite murders kind of taken on that same sort of thing right it's a a lot of people have criticized it as a very white aesthetic and they're not wrong well yeah right but i i found that interesting we went up with like a weird figure right that's seen in the background uh and the camera crew goes to investigate and there's like blood on this pillar and whoever the figure was is gone um and we weren't we wind up with the first like failed Chekhov's gun of the yeah. movie, right? Where yeah. the, the cameraman uh, is one of the cameramen, I think he's actually the sound guy, is dared to lick the pillar, right? Which, why the fuck would you do that even if there wasn't blood? Yeah, like, you're going through the dollop thing on, like, the Reagans, and it's a whole thing of, like, th- have these guys never heard of any bloodborne pathogens at all? Right? Like, AIDS, uh, hepatitis, any of that shit? Yeah, it's How it dumb so are you? And I kept expecting him licking this blood pillar, right? to come up later in the film, right? I keep expecting it to be a thing where, like, it, it, it comes up that, like, oh, and that's, he get, he got infected, and he's going to be, like, the, the sort of secret insider that every zombie zombie movie has, right? Um, yeah. And, and they never do anything else with it. Wouldn't, like, do, that was your ticket right there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, also, it's they didn't do that somebody has a bike that they're hiding thing either. Yeah, I was going to get to that. And then our fashion person, she comes through and she tells uh, the camera crew that they've got a, a party that they need to go to. And so she invites the camera crew along to, to film this party thing, right? So we get there and there's some very awkward talking scenes. Uh, nobody's the covering their awkward. drinks. Yeah. And uh, we find out something truly bizarre. It's actually awake. Yeah. For uh, somebody to like. Friend, Dead brother or something. Dead brother friend something who was in the military and died and uh was only brought back with his ashes uh there was nothing left yeah we get introduced to the colonel who's played by uh patrick kilpatrick who which what the fuck weird uh uh like is it five degrees to kevin bacon or is it six i think it's six i think it's six i don't know either way weird connection uh patrick kilpatrick played byron volp in uh, Parasomnia, which was a movie that Smeg and I did for our old podcast, Film Guild. It's something that uh, I'll, I would love to put out once I've, uh, or re-release once I have finished the video essay I've been writing for four months on it. Get your shit together. Look, remember when we discussed me being, like, just knee-deep in folklore books? Yeah. That's entirely why. Oh, okay. Um, it's a lot of very heavy reading <laughs> by very boring people. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> um, so we're introduced to Patrick, Patrick Kilpatrick. Uh, Which, what a fucking name. That's, by the way, stage name. He was born like Donald Kilpatrick or something. Why would you do that to yourself then? Because you're not going to forget the name. Yeah, but you are. Mm. You're not going to forget the name. You're going to forget Donald Kilpatrick. You're not going to forget Patrick Kilpatrick. No, I'm not going to forget Kilpatrick because that is the weirdest name. Dick Van Dyke. Moving on. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and everybody knows his name. <laughs> the colonel uh, seems to get called away, and he disappears. Uh, and then the party uh, gets gets uh, crashed by our first zombies, right? We get a zombie kid who kind of duck waddles their way in. It's it's very bad. Oh, you know what? I want to bring one more thing up before the zombies get uh, get brought in. Once again, to back up my previous point about the uh, the very weird tone of the movie is. Uh, Right, so we've got this, like, soldier shrine at a party. Everybody's referred to it as a party except for the colonel and, uh, we're gonna just say, like, friend two. 
I think the guy's name was like Marcus or something. No, Marcus was the the uh, white uh, college looking boy, not not queer coded one, the one who runs away with the shovel. That's Marcus. Oh, the one with the serious rage problem. Yeah. Like, Anyways. Fuck that guy. Yeah, so we wind up having this this whole thing about the wake, and they immediately switch topics back to uh, the fashion article, right? So once again, we have this thing of, like, serious issues being, like, just completely uh, pushed away for, once again, vapid consumerism. It's very interesting. Yeah, instead of talking about the fact that we're sending thousands of people overseas to die for no reason. Yeah. I don't know if this is his actual voice as well. Because uh, I don't remember it in Parasomnia that much. He only had a couple speaking parts, I think. But it seems like Patrick Kilpatrick is just doing kind of a poor man's Jesse Ventura. Yeah, that, yeah, kind of. Mixed with a weird, like, I don't know, like almost like a Hulk Hogan thing, right? Because for some reason... Yeah, that was the vibe I was kind of getting from him. He keeps ending sentences with brother. Mm. It's a weird Jesse Ventura, but instead he throws brother at the end of things. It's so weird. So bizarre. Very strange acting choices. Very strange. We have, as well, at this party, the most bizarre music interlude, right? Where a metal band starts playing. Uh, who oh, yeah. Are called, <laughs> apparently, the band is called Dead to Me. They play for 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, while people jam out to it, and the band is dressed in zombie makeup. One person, the bassist or whatever, his looked great. He had, like, this blown-out cheek look with really good, like, uh, like raised uh, yeah. scar makeup. Very good. Everybody else looked I like really shit. The rest of them looked like shit. Uh, the band also sounded like shit. Um, well, yeah, come on. I feel like we had that there solely because the director wanted their song for, like, the ending credits but didn't want to pay them. So he's yeah. like, I'll give you screen time and we will name drop your band by name. Because we have a yeah. bit of dialogue where someone's like, oh, that band was really good. And the, and someone else responds with, back with like, yeah, I really like Dead to Me or whatever. Right. It's like all the talking in this movie is so forced and uncomfortable. And we will, we will definitely uh, get to that. It's like if you made a high school film yeah. for film class. So then we have uh, somebody at the wake slash party slash what the fuck ever it was uh wants to go have a smoke right um winds up uh yelling at the woman that he's with about how smoking kills and uh how it's really bad taste to go smoking at a wake right um which isn't he out there smoking no uh which then we immediately have the zombies attack right so we have this tying in of of um why is it bad form to smoke at a wake who knows um because it was a whole thing where smoking will kill you, and so it's bad taste to perform effectively a slow suicide at a wake. It's weird. I don't get it. Yeah, but guess the fuck what? I'm at a wake. Somebody's dead. Maybe I need a cigarette. Well, who knows? Uh, <laughs> then zombies attack, and we get this very weird thing about, like, just, uh, I don't know, moving from one, one method of death to another, right? Party breaks up. Everybody runs away. We have a very brief shot away to the zombinator. Uh, shotgunning a zombie, right? Like, stepping out of a, a set of trees and shotgunning a zombie. He's dressed in, like, basically a leather duster and sunglasses, and he looks like a poor man Steven Seagal. And he, yeah. Like, definitely in that, like, that almost, I want to say 80s era Steven Seagal, right? He, de- he yeah. definitely isn't carrying the modern-day Steven Seagal. No. 
but it's it's rough and this is i think one of the first places where we really break that diegesis right of of uh the camera because there's no reason for a camera to be out there right and it's a completely still shot so we break away from the, the the established framing of the movie for seemingly no reason uh the group winds up hiding in a catholic school uh which one of the characters i believe marcus it's fucked up we only remember the names of one character there's one named gina right i think i remember that for sure or was it gia was it gina i think it was gia because there was a dia or was it dina I don't know. I literally <laughs> don't remember any of the names. This movie was that bad. It was pretty rough. Um, they had in a Catholic school, which uh, I'm going to say that it's friend two. One of our people of color uh, has a meltdown because this uh, school, this Catholic school, was once a clan headquarters back in the 20s. Oh, yeah. It's a very weird interlude, right, that, that like pops out of nowhere. This very weird, uh, very weird bit. Um, which then the rest of the group kind of, like, plays down, right? Can I just say this? I feel like all the people in this movie you're supposed to hate. Uh, maybe. Uh, and everybody's, for some reason, fighting over which door to open first to explore this, this, like, Catholic school thing. What the fuck? Just pick one! Yeah, the fight makes no sense. Um, it's, it's truly bizarre. But they, they finally pick a door, and they enter in, and they keep hearing these weird noises, and come to find out a paranormal... (laughs) research society is doing a uh study or whatever that's called right investigation is that what they call them they have a specific name for them but i don't remember i can remember they're doing a ghost they're doing a ghost hunt uh at this catholic school and starts yelling at them for for fucking with uh all their readings our group tries to convince them that there's uh zombies outside and the the paranormal research society decides to become skeptics against the zombies and we run like into this what the fuck? it's a great exchange of these two people like or these two groups arguing over whether or not ghosts or zombies exist right it's like what the fuck it's so good and i think <laughs> I, I think i paused the movie to discuss this with you yeah right but it actually raises a point that i've had against myself several times right where it's like I'm not 100% a believer in, like, magical systems, right? I've dabbled with sigils and chaos magic, and I find the field very interesting, but I'm not certain I 100% believe, right? Yeah. But I'm willing to give it more thought than I'm willing to give ghosts. You and I have, have entered into so many arguments about ghosts because I cannot believe in ghosts. Yeah, but I'm open to the ideas that they might be there. Sure. Um, but it's, it's definitely something I've had sure. to reconcile before. I'm not dismissing you i'm moving the conversation along i am saying i cannot invalidate your experiences but (laughs) i can disagree with the way they've been experienced of course you can (laughs) look your parents keep telling me that they'll show me the tapes they haven't shown me the tapes i'm not even talking about the tapes i'm just saying Right, but I'm saying that's their that's their their proof, right? Is that well, we have tapes of of our ghost activity that we've seen, but they've never busted them out for me. They've threatened to bust them out for me. They've never busted them out for me. I will say that before we find this is a great exchange. I'm sorry, before we we get introduced to the paranormal research society. I know I'm all over the place on this. A but little bit. Fuck. I remember the plot bits of the movie, but there's like individual like lines that I had uh, that I wanted to take note of. But there's a bit where they keep hearing this sound, right? And uh, the group tries yelling out to 
whatever the sound is, thinking that it might be zombies or people, right? And uh, someone, one of one of the party members yells back that zombies don't talk, and someone else responds, uh, "How the fuck do you know, Ken?" And I fucking that was lost a good, it. That was a good it's part. so good. It's just fuck. It's good. Um, well, and then then the play off that even more a few sentences later when they're like, "This guy's on a ranch," and he said, "Everybody knows zombies don't talk." Exactly. It's such a good callback. Like, <laughs> it's a good moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a great bit where the Paranormal Research Society introduces them to the two priests that they have, right? These two, like, oh smoking God. priests. It's such a good bit. Um, <laughs> for, s- for some reason, one of them's Jamaican. Yeah. I d- the only other person of color in this movie. Yeah, I forgot we had a third was one. Was a Jamaican priest. And I don't... And then, gosh, that was so obviously fake. It was just too yeah, funny. Yeah, I, I don't feel like he's actually Jamaican. No, especially because this thing was, was such a bad especially because this thing was shot in Youngstown, Ohio. Dude, there's no way that guy was actually. Jamaican. I don't think he's Jamaican. Um, but uh, we get a great line. Uh, we're safe here. We have priests. Oh my god, dude, that, you're the opposite of safe. Then nothing safe about priests. <laughs> no, our group winds up getting spooked by zombies again, and they separate. Real Scooby Doo hours. But Scooby-Doo was actually good. And so Marcus and his girlfriend... Yana, who was Russian. Was she Russian? I thought she was supposed to be, like, vaguely German or Dutch? I don't know. She had, like, a weird, she like, accent that was kind of all three. Yeah. But I, based on her name, I just went Russian because Yana sounds Russian to me. I don't know. Who I guess flew to Youngstown specifically to break up with him because we have a breakup scene, right? They just they just dashed away from a bunch of zombies and they ran up some stairs, and so they're standing at the top of this this landing, and she starts going in with like, "I need to tell you, I came here to break up with you. We're not going anywhere. Great. I need I need to uh, I need to end this now." And they kind of just reconcile with like, "We'll just talk about this later." Right? Yeah, of like maybe this is not the time when we're about to be eaten by zombies. I feel like Marcus might have said something along the lines of like, yeah, basically what he says, you're he's being like, delusional. <laughs> you're, we're perfectly fine. Yeah. But uh, as soon as they're done with their argument, they get uh, they get assaulted by a zombie in a wedding dress. It looked like who was just sitting in the corner the whole t- whole time. Right. He's just sitting there chilling while they're arguing. Yeah. What? Truly oh. bizarre. Um, and it seemed like she only got the cameraman, right? Because Yana and Marcus still come back later. So she seemed to get the camera. And then we get a weird, like, creepy laugh. And then it seems yeah. like the zombie picks up the camera, right? So it, it feels like we've got this wandering thing of, like, a zombie cameraman that we're also tracking. Because it brings yeah. up some questions in a later scene. Um, very bizarre. Very strange. It's I don't, weird. I don't understand it. Oh, and then right after that, doesn't it cut to, like, the confession of three other ones? So, like, you have Nina, the other black guy, and the guy that was the queer-coded one. Oh, yes. Okay, yes, you're right. Yeah, then we cut back downstairs, and now we're in a separate room, it, pe- it appears. And uh, three of our characters, yeah, the queer-coded guy, he's a very, like, twiggy kind of dude, right? Yeah. Um, our main character and uh, black friend one, we'll say. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I hate that I can't give him a name. Me too. But it's like, I only know Nina's name because I was just on the Wikipedia page and yeah. her name's at the top. So, Blackburn wanders into a weird admission of like being beat as a kid yeah. and how thankful he is for his friends for being there and how every time that they would call, he would tell them that he was okay, but he really wasn't okay. And as a person who has come from an abusive household, no. Right? That kind of confession does not happen, especially not in those circumstances right. and in that way. It was very bizarre. It was very much a, um, a like, I need this for my audition reel. Yeah. Right? Like, I just finished up my, my acting classes, and I just learned how to give a monologue, and I want to give a monologue now. Yeah. Um, which, again, with what I'm going to tell you at the end, will recontextualize this whole scene. But then Queer Coded Guy decides to jump in and one-up them all by, like, having a full crying breakdown and just being so thankful that they're there for him. Weird. Which I thought was going to go someplace else, right? Because he talks about how his parents died in an accident and how he went to go live with his grandmother and yeah. how apparently it seemed like his grandmother was never there, which I thought was going in a different direction. Where do you think it was going? Well, I, d I had s said that, like, there was some sexual abuse with the grandmother because it seemed like the oh, only yeah. way to one-up the previous situation, right? It's right? It was so strange, so bizarre. Um, and then the group gets attacked, I think. Right? Like, zombies appear. Yeah, and they run off. Yeah. Fuck, I feel like... Was that where I said that there was, like, the... The I am speech? Yeah, Or I was that so. later? No, that must... Yeah, no, that was it. I was abused I am speech. Which was very weird. And then, right. And so then the black guy dies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why I had said that it's the I am speech. I don't know if that's a thing. Right? I feel like Lindsay Ellis had talked about when she was breaking down, like, the, the language of musicals. Right? Uh, where you typically have in a musical, right, like the I am song, right? That like yeah. breaks down exactly who this character is. Well, he did it in a speech, but this there's a specific type of speech that happens in a horror movie, which is this speech, right? And then the character gets just get got in like the next 10 minutes, roughly. Yeah. You know, they, they go pretty quick after this. The Zombinator's back, finally. We're about 30 minutes after he last appeared, 20 minutes maybe. It's been a minute. We're a good ways into this movie at Zombinator's this point. back, and he corrals everybody into the back of a, like, moving truck and has a very strange Austrian accent. Almost, right? He's definitely doing an Arnie impression. Oh, yeah, he's totally doing an Arnie during, impression. During this next several segments. So they wind up back there along with another and priest. he's doing, sorry, he's doing, like, Terminator lines, too. Yeah. The whole time, and I'm like, what? Yeah, it's it's bizarre. So they wind up in the back with a third priest. The previous two priests have been eaten at this point. Yeah. Um, as well as, I think, everybody in the Paranormal Research Society, because they never show back up. Yeah, they never show back up. We basically just adopt their two cameramen into our collective. and. Yeah, we're, we're building a board collective of cameramen at this point. And just killing everybody else. We've got a, a Brian David Gilbert uh, fucking ultimate streamer setup uh, getting planned here. Right, where we can swap between six different cameramen at any time, depending on how dynamic we need to be. Yeah. But, uh, so we wind up with a very weird religious segment. Probably about seven minutes of this film, I want to say. Five to seven minutes. Yeah. Of this priest poorly leading everybody through religious prayers. We, we start off with the whole grant me the serenity thing. And then he attempts to do the Lord's Prayer and fucks it up. And so Marcus angrily finishes it for him. Or, yeah, like, gets him back on track. And then he shifts to a different prayer. Meanwhile, 
Marcus continues like the Lord's Prayer in the back. It's truly bizarre. That character doesn't show back up. That priest. Uh, I don't think he's in the group when they get to the parking garage. Yeah, he is. Is he? Because I don't remember seeing him die. Yeah, because he was holding hands with one of the girls uh-huh. in there. And then I think he, that's the last time you see him. Okay. Is when the others split from them. Yeah, so we wind up, the Zombinator takes them to a parking garage. We have the group go into a room that's inside this parking garage or parking facility almost. Yeah, it's just like clearly abandoned place that they're shooting in. Yeah, they go into a back room. We finally wind up having, at 47 minutes, 26 seconds, uh, we finally have the why are you still filming this question, right? They they finally decide to address uh, the camera and why it is still here, uh, which, was this before or after the Zombinator's speech? This is like right after. No, it's before. Is it? Yeah, it's three minutes before. Oh. Because I have marked, I'm going to clip that speech and I'm going to insert it in. We have that, that, like, why are you still filming this question? And the cameramen are like, well, this clearly must be some government conspiracy type shit. Yeah. You know, so we're, we want to we wanna make sure we have it documented, etc. It's really bad. It's like, well, don't you guys really only need, like, one cameraman, maybe two? Especially considering how you've got one person who's, like, basically filming on, like, a Nikon, like, little DSLR-type camera, and then you have another person with a full-on, like, proper camera, right, a shoulder-rigged yeah. camera. Um, very strange. Very bizarre. Also, one of them has a condenser mic equipped, so you don't need the sound guy, right? The sound guy only exists for the guy running around with the little mic on camera. Who knows? Uh, 49 minutes in, we, uh, we hit our Birdemic speech. And this is where I knew that I was in love with this movie. Mm. So, for those who haven't watched Birdemic, in a very bizarre sequence of events, possibly two-thirds of the way through the movie, we have a brief scene in a forest where what appears to be just a forest druid uh, appears to tell the the entire like plot of the movie, right? Uh, the, the entire message, wherein uh, the birds all went insane and decided to get retribution because of the way that humanity has treated the uh, ecosystem. Right, and like takes them to a beach, I think, and like explains the cycle of like plastics and petroleum products. It's very strange, truly bizarre. Comes out of almost nowhere. In the similar way, this movie does the same thing, where the Zombinator breaks down a discussion on like the military industrial complex and how it relates to uh, like large scale pharmaceutical corporations, as well as the way yeah. that the military exists basically only as a method to uh, extract profits from other areas. It's mm-hmm. so bizarre. I'm going to clip it. I'm going to insert it right here. We will be right back after that's done. Why are they here? The military has had experiments going on on the battlefield for years. Do you think we're just there to help stop terrorism? We're there to cause experiments that will help us profit and dominate. To be an empire not to spread democracy. We are an empire. And we do that through death, destruction, and money grab. We had experiments on our own soldiers. In Afghanistan, my own buddies, guys I was fighting with every day, we bled together. 
okay? That's where it started. They have a cure, but they will not use it until it gets so big after Youngstown is gone. And then they'll present it on the market and make billions. Billions and billions on your corpses. listen to me okay we're back weird right truly yeah. bizarre it's almost as if you and i don't remember what the speech is and we're just playing it off like we do yeah um, but uh it's it's so strange and it, it hits to something like pretty relevant beyond of course the bits that actually relate to the movie yeah um but it's so such a bizarre thing to add i know our demon beast is actually like sitting in her chair and not and being adorable, thank you. Yeah, not like eating my arms like she did last time. Uh, we have a great bit where one of our survivors uh, asks the Zombinator if anybody's ever told him that he looks like the Terminator. Wow. But that gets played for the next about 30 seconds too long. But it's, it's a good bit. It's solid. There's actually some pretty sick burns in that scene mm-hmm. from some of the others. Uh, so then we have a cutaway, right? The Zombinator... He uh, tells everybody to stay put, and he tromps off to, I guess, go kill zombies, question mark. Two of our survivors decide to run off, right? Yana and somebody else. Yana and boyfriend and Nina, our fashion blogger. No. And Blondie. No. Yeah. No, because only... Okay. The two run off, then Marcus runs off after Yana, right? Because he's separate from that group. And then, then... Marcus has the anger issue, right? Yes, yes with the shovel. Yes, that is Yana's boyfriend. Yes, he doesn't run off with Yana. He runs off after Yana. Yeah? Yana runs off with another person. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Absolutely they no. do. I will load the movie onto our TV right now to prove myself correct on this. Not if I go stomp on it first. You wouldn't. I would. Because I want to be able to give this away to whoever wants it. Nobody's going to want it. Someone's going to want it. So Yana runs off with somebody. Don't remember who. Some rando out of the group. Uh, Marcus grabs a shovel, chases off after her. Then Nina and Queer Quoted Boy then run off after Marcus. Right? Yeah. Then friend two, who's been the voice of reason this whole time. Right? Uh, Like, has been... The person who's like, we need to like just get shit figured out, etc. He wanders off to what looks to be like the front entrance of the place, where he finds three zombies who are scantily clothed. Right, they're clearly in like almost fetish outfits. Right, like I swear one of them's got like a Santa, like naughty Santa outfit or something going on. Yeah, one of them's in like a latex sort of thing. Truly bizarre. And so, in a bit that I'm going to say is very racist. Uh, black guy gets too horny and lets them all in, and they're all zombies, of course. Which nobody would do. It's, it's, and that's why I'm like, this clearly plays into a, I don't know if it was intentional, especially given what I'm going to tell you later, but it feels very weird that our character, who's been very reasonable all throughout, suddenly gets just too horny and dooms everybody and happens to play into a very classic racist trope Mm -hmm. truly bizarre don't understand it makes no sense but uh, he lets the zombies in and the zombies uh, just wind up 
rampaging through the place, basically, right? And they kill everybody who stayed back in the room. Yeah. Um, Marcus winds up killing a couple zombies, and then he winds up getting got in a very bizarre scene, right? Where he gets bear-hugged, basically, by a zombie from behind. Uh, he's got what's apparently is two cameramen in there with him who didn't just didn't deign to warn him. Uh, Zombinator comes by and kills the uh, big sumo zombie. And then Marcus bleeds out. He never got bit, which led to us trying to speculate, like, how exactly he died. Yeah. I think we decided maybe he got crushed. I guess. I mean, I don't see any other explanation for how he died. Yeah. Then we have a weird cutaway to a camera, like, slowly moving through bathrooms, right? And it's clearly, like, scanning, right? Like, looking for any zombies in there is what you're led to assume. And it winds up in another bathroom where you can see boots underneath a stall. And you're like, oh, no, there's a zombie in there for sure. And then it opens up, and it's Yana, right? The blonde-haired whoever. I don't know where she's from. Uh, lady. And then a guy in a, like, gas mask and a plastic suit comes up from behind her and, like, grabs her from behind and then points a gun at the camera. And then the gun goes off and we cut away to then the Zombinator moving through. Right? And the Zombinator comes in, kills the one, uh, one of the dudes, uh, goes into the back room, and then we find Yana presumably being raped. Presumably, no. The guy didn't have any pants on. Here's why I say presumably. Because it's very unclear if she was the one who was shot. Because we don't see a body where the cameraman would have been shot. She was dead. And we don't see a cameraman as the Zombinator's tracking through. Either way, he's either raping a corpse or a human being, so not cool. Well, yeah, I'm just saying. Like, it's it's very bizarre. Very bizarre. Uh, he kills He kills that you dude. in the face with that one, and then... Move on. Yeah. Then they leave. Um, fuck. Where do we go from here? Because I basically just have... Uh, okay. So, the colonel reappears. And he, like, basically, Nina, our main character, a uh, queer-coded guy and a cameraman, all hide in a separate bathroom. Uh... Nina and Queer Code Guy hide in one of the bathroom stalls. Cameraman hides in a shower stall further back. They hear a bunch of uh, banging, and then in walks the colonel. And the colonel opens the stall, says some very rapey stuff to them. Some rapey? Like, super rapey. Uh, well, that's why I said some very. He and another plastic-bagged soldier uh, abduct them, and... That's kind of the last that we see of them, right? Like, the cameraman then winds up kind of sneaking out body bag. and sees them in body bags or whatever. Uh, we have a showdown then between the Zombinator and the Colonel, right? Uh, I think that the Zombinator, does he just get captured? Yeah. Yes. We have this scene with, uh, with the Colonel abducting these people, and the next thing we see, the Zombinator's in chains. Tied to a pillar. Yep. And the colonel's there, and the colonel delivers a speech. It's a pretty rough speech. Uh, basically, he lays out once again that, like, we're... The plan is is that we're going to infect everybody with a zombie virus, and then the corporation is going to cure them all, 
uh, and we're all going to make bank out of it. And it sucks that you had to turn against me. You are my best soldier. We loaded you with the best weapons and, and state-of-the-art of the technology. And the only thing in this movie that I agreed with is that making money is the American way. Yeah, that is the best part. Is he's like, look, unfortunately, you're also the guy with the biggest dividends, so gotta kill ya. It's just the American way. Right? I want money. It's it's all the, about greed. Once we're done, I want to talk the trailer, but that's in the trailer. That's a that is a trailer shot. Um, I feel like I should almost put the trailer at the start of this. I don't know how you long should, it is. You should because uh, just like the audio from it. Yeah. Um, but uh, trailer leads us to be a very different movie. Zombinator is released by, I hate that I have to call him the Zombinator, but at the same time I, I love it, uh, gets released by uh, a group of cameramen, like four of them. They all gather around and, and like fumble with his chains with one hand while they keep their cameras up. It's very no, bizarre. that's why they hold their dicks. As like, I feel like they're swelling music at that moment there too. Is. So strange, so strange. He gets out, uh, he goes on a rampage where we get some very like, once again, Steven Seagal vibes from him, right? He gets that kind of, like, Steven Seagal walking into a room thing. Yeah. Uh, stabs stabs one soldier who's arguing with his wife on the phone, right? About how, like, fuck, what was it? Like, he, this is this is his one, uh, like, one of his nights that he just has to work, etc. Yeah, then he gets, this he is gets, my one night. I can't put it off and blah, 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 and then dead. Yeah, and then he gets knifed in the neck. So bizarre. Then... Zombinator kills two dudes, and then the colonel steps out from hiding with his gun trained on him. The two of them put their guns away. The Zombinator's got a shotgun trained on him. The colonel's got his, his handgun trained on him. Neither want to fire. Instead, they tuck their guns away to, to different sides of the room, and they get into a fist fight. It's very poorly choreographed. Like, such mm. horrible... 80s movie fight scene it's, type shit. No, because even 80s movies had better fight scenes than this. Um... The uh, camera's very sloppy, right? It's either filmed through a thing or it's in the room with them, but it breaks the diegesis again of of this whole framing device. Colonel winds up getting shot. Zombinator is stabbed several times. The colonel slumps to the ground. We see him twitch as a Zombinator leaves, right? Zombinator finds out that Nina and queer-coded character have been injected. So we're to presume that they're going to be zombies. And he dashes off, right? Yeah. And seems to be going towards what looks like a Holiday Inn. Yeah. It's but the only way to describe it. So he approaches it and gets inside what looks to be a barn. Come to find out, a couple of our survivors ran there. And also the colonel's there. Somehow. Uh-huh. Still still walking. Still fine. So then we have another uh, shootout between the colonel and Zombinator. Some sloppy shit goes down. I didn't write any of this down. It's a bad sequence. Um, the colonel winds up being pushed out onto a dock. Which is apparently cram-packed with zombies. Yeah, it gets, gets swarmed by a bunch of zombies. He dies. Uh... Basically the, the end. Yeah, the dock is apparently just the best constructed dock. Like, Even no occupants had, to like, live in. 70 people on it. Uh-huh, easily. Still staying firm. Then the movie just ends. It ends with a final shot of the, the colonel, like, being just swarmed by zombies. 
and that's it. Um, when I when I finished up the movie, I wrote down some questions that I had for it that I, I wish that the movie had answered. Right. Uh, first of all, what did we see at the start? We saw that that figure right uh, out in the background that they go to investigate, and we're kind of led to assume it's supposed to be maybe a zombie. I got more like. Because they're talking about all the murders that happen on the train tracks. So my line of thinking was maybe this is the creep who's doing it, right? Sure. Like, I don't know. For some reason in my brain, it played more like this is just some weirdo that's hanging around. Sure. I didn't get that impression at all. No, of course you didn't. But, um, I don't know. It was very strange. Uh, that was one of those areas that when it had first popped up, I was expecting it like, oh, this is going to be like one of our survivors who winds up traveling back in time with the Zombinator, right? But she's already injured or something, or has been injured. And it, she's going to turn, but she's watching, like, uh, herself uh, in the past, right? Just before she goes into this horrible moment or whatever, right? A very classic, like, time travel scene. Uh, but it wasn't that, apparently. Yeah. Uh, instead, it was kind of a lot of nothing. Um Let's see, we never have any sort of resolution on the two people being injected, right? Typically, it feels like we would have a scene where, like, we discover some sort of cure, or we get some vials of the cure or whatever, and they get or injected. Or we even just see them come back to life as zombies. Yeah, or anything. As well, it's very weird for the Zombinator, knowing there's going to be a cure, to also be employing completely lethal rounds. Yeah, but at some point... Uh, yes, and, but it feels weird given... His, his prior speech. Mm, I don't know. True. And his general attitude thus far. The box art is the combo Terminator and Zombie, uh, and none of that's in the movie. I wonder at what point did they decide that the Zombinator is going to be a key feature, right? A, naming it the Zombinator, and then B, kind of taking that idea for the box art and running with it, right? Because they could have named it anything else. Actually, in the UK, uh, this movie is apparently uh, titled Dead Z, right? Like Which makes more sense. Generic, but fine. Um, like, Zombinator is just truly bizarre. Uh, the box art on the Wikipedia page says it started as a documentary, as the uh, as like the the sub subline, you know. Uh, that's bizarre, very strange. Um, but I, it's, it's very much like I wonder what the kind of sequence of events was, right? Because according to production stuff on on here, um, let's see, he was the, the director, Sergio Myers, was in Youngstown to film a documentary for fashion website frockon.com when he was inspired to make a zombie film. So uh, he also then recruited several members of frockon.com to help make the film. Um, who I guess we're to assume are probably most of the people in this this movie, uh, along with probably a hundred extras. There's a surprising number of extras in this. Wow, it's kind of a lot. All of them have the worst costumes, right? A lot of them look like you have some people who are wearing normal clothes, and others who look like they raided like Party City or something. Yeah. Right. Um, truly. Like random Halloween costumes and Santa costumes and. Yeah, just truly bizarre. Uh, and I feel like it's really the only way to describe this film. It's just a bizarre, bizarre movie. Uh, Patrick Kilpatrick, by the way, produced this movie as well. Well, that was a waste of his money. Uh, 
I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if it made it back. Uh, possibly. Um, but I'm, I'm just curious at what point the Zombinator made its way in, right? If he was just like, I just want to make a zombie movie, and then got the idea of like, what if the Terminator killed zombies, right? But then couldn't actually commit to it? Uh, it almost feels like the title was an afterthought. Yeah. And then, um, or they were like sitting around, they were shooting the shit, like, man, but what would we title our zombie movie? And then someone was just like, took a giant bong rip and then was like, what if we called it the Zombinator? <laughs> and then, you know, the other yeah. dude was like, dude, yeah. And then the other guy's like, dude, oh my God, yeah. And then they did it, right? Because um, I've been in those sorts of meetings. Most people know, don't write down your ideas when you're stoned. Or don't well, pick an idea and stick with it. Write it down and come back. Let's face it. Most ideas that are come up with at 3 a.m. are bad ideas. Not all, though. My first YouTube channel was, was a thing that came up at 3 a.m. It was a bad idea. There yeah. was some bad content on there. That doesn't mean all 3 a.m. ideas are bad. Question number six, or maybe point number six I want to discuss, is how this movie completely misses the hidden bite trope. We're we discussed earlier right but like in almost any zombie movie you're gonna have this this situation come up right where someone is, has been infected and is hiding it from the group totally and we have so many opportunities for that to happen right people get separated constantly they constantly disappear from the camera and come back later and a lot of people are questioning where they've gone or you know where uh yeah yeah what happened etc perfect time for somebody to get bit none of that no n- nothing like that we even had that with the cameraman right where we discussed like that would be the perfect moment to, to be able to play this in later Right, this Chekhov's gun of like, ooh, he got the infected zombie blood, and now he becomes the point of the outbreak. And actually, if we wanted to really take the the Terminator thing, right, it'd be great if future Survivor, right, uh, kind of goes back in time, right, and the Zombinator follows, right, to finish eradicating this zombie threat. Yeah, she has hours before she turns or something, and her blood's already infected, and she puts it on the pillar. And then this guy licks it, and he becomes then patient zero for the future zombie outbreak, right? Creating this closed-loop circle. Would have been so good. Um, yeah, it would have been. But uh, missed opportunity. But just we never we never have any of that. It's so bizarre. Yeah, you took all the zombie out of zombies. Our trailer puts way more emphasis on the colonel as a villain and a character. Really he was when in it maybe 15 minutes of this movie, maybe? Maybe. When it comes down to it, like, he's... He really is only in there for the last sixth, maybe, right? He's got that bit yeah. in the beginning, and then he plays uh, some bits at the end where they're just like, we have to end this movie somehow. Um, and that's about it, really. He doesn't have much of a point. They definitely started filming before they had a complete idea of what they were going for. And I feel like he's he took such a front and center thing, right? Because Patrick Kilpatrick is a name, right? He's been in like 189 movies. Fuck, or really? 80, 189 t- uh, things are at least credited to him as an actor on IMDb. Oh, He's God. been in a lot. Yeah, because I did recognize him, so... Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's clear that they were probably writing off of that because nobody else is a thing. Sergio Myers is, like, he's... He's really nothing. He's done, like, some documentary work in the past, of course. Like, he's done stuff for Frockon. He did a Heaven's Gate documentary, which is truly bizarre. Um... Just a weird confluence of events. But really, like, the guy's done nothing, right? The only person that they're really writing off of is Sergio Myers. Not Sergio Myers, Patrick Kilpatrick. So it's very strange. 
So now I'm gonna drop this this uh, thing on you. Okay. Hit me. This comes up in the production area of uh, the Zombinator Wikipedia page. Basically, the extent of the research I did was the IMDb and the Wikipedia page. Uh, final line of production. Shooting took place without a script. I told you, that recontextualizes the whole movie, doesn't it? What the fuck? So suddenly all of it makes sense, right? Like, why there's all these, like, missing plot lines? Why suddenly a bunch of things occur, right? Where it's like, this almost feels like a deleted scene, but no. No, it's just because they're, they're shooting without a script. Of course they're not going to show the Zombinator being captured. Because nobody bothered to, to shoot any scenes with the Zombinator being captured, right? Because they were just like... It's, it's why you suddenly have this weird, like, breakup movie in the middle of it, is because that's probably what the actor was going through at the time, right? And wanted to throw that in as a, as a segment. It's why we've got the weird, like, uh, abuse tangent, right? Is because, again, the guy's using it almost entirely as, like, hey, this is going into my acting reel, right? Because it's shot day by day without a script. It's shot over the, the, a total of four days um, without, a, without any sort of script. Yeah. Without oh any sort of script God. or anything, right? So, of course, it's a disaster. There's there's not going to be any sort of coherence. And that's why, like, you have the whole thing about people going to a party, but then come to find out the party's awake. That is entirely a, like, last-minute change on set of, like, oh, hey, let's tie it into this thing, right? They probably came into it with such a very loose premise and then just ran with that. They probably took a look at what they had available and were like, this duster and our buddy, uh, I think it's Joseph Aviel, who plays uh, plays the Zombinator, could probably make a really good, like, kind of Terminator-looking dude. He's got the Steven Seagal thing going for him, at least. It's weird that we forgot to mention he's got the Austrian accent until he gives his big monologue <laughs> and then drops it oh, entirely. Yeah. He's suddenly American. Uh-huh, American as shit. It's so strange. Um, but... Like I said, that was that probably recontextualized the whole movie for you. <laughs> Everything makes so much sense now. That explains the travesty of a movie. Uh-huh. And it, it it almost makes it then seem like the scene that we, we decried as very racist almost does feel like a, just a thing of, like, either an actor wanted to do it for fun or the director, like, at the moment was like, this could be funny. And, of course, gave no deeper thought into it because there's no script. <laughs> There was no thinking about like, hey, let's let's cut this scene down. Let's tailor this scene down. No, instead let's do something really racist. Yeah, let's do this thing that, on second thought, is kind of bad. It's kind of rough. It's like he had the idea and didn't even take two seconds to think about it before he did it. We had this question the whole time though, right? And this this sentence here actually made me think about it again because I was thinking about it all day at work. We, I'm we sorry, you had to think about this all day at work. Oh, it's fine. It was better than anything else I could have put in. It's either that or being like deeply concerned that I have a body. Um, so we'll we'll stick with uh, we'll stick with this bit. One of the things that I have to ask myself anytime I watch any of these like very low tier movies, right? Uh, and it's kind of the thing that I base my enjoyment off of on them is whether or not it's earnest, right? Whether or not the director went into this thing and wholeheartedly want to make this movie, or if they did it at cash grab, right? Because we see this with like a lot of the asylum movies are this way. I actually have enjoyed a good number of the Asylum movies because they've turned out better than some of the originals in, in some cases. I remember, I haven't watched it in, in probably a decade, but Paranormal Entity I remember loving compared to Paranormal Activity. But of course then you have like Transmorphers, Titanic 2, 
right? These things that are like kind of more of just about a cash grab thing than Titanic anybody. Titanic two. Yeah, than anybody wanting to do like something truly earnest, right? I almost feel like this is like the director deeply wanted to make a zombie movie, right? I don't know if he went into it looking for it to necessarily be a B movie. And instead was just like, this is an idea that I want to get out here. I think that the Zombinator is the coolest idea. And everybody needs to get on board with me on this. I feel like the director really believed he was making something good. That's almost worse. No, not at all. Because here's the thing. I can appreciate it more that way. The movies that are a cash grab suck because it's like we clearly put out some b-tier shit just for the money right this is a thing where it's like this movie didn't make money there was no way it was going to make its money back but the guy did it anyways and i've got to appreciate that true that's fair like the guy believed i truly think that he was doing something special well it's special all right uh let's go through wikipedia's reception uh paragraph on this real quick uh, okay, so Craig Miller, I'm just going to read this line by line, okay? Uh, Craig Miller of the Mercury rated it 1.5 out of 4 stars nice. and wrote that it was a likable D-grade premise and a typical D-grade execution. <laughs> Garen Cockrell of the Pratt Tribute wrote, or Tribune wrote, uh, This movie started off surprisingly well, but the filmmaker should have realized that the whole documentary crew conceit was just not going to work. Which I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, Throughout the whole movie, we kept asking why they d- decided to go with this found footage documentary type thing. And it makes sense, considering that the guy's entire background is in documentaries. It just kind of sucks that, like, he seems to be torn on whether or not to do it as a documentary wholeheartedly, right, in that sort of style, or as an actual movie. Because we have several scenes where we cut to, like, when the Zombinator's ro- uh, corralling everybody into the truck, right? We suddenly have external shots of the Zombinator walking around the truck from a very stable camera, right? Where it's like, well, we've completely broken the diegesis of this, right? We've, we've broken the whole framing device, which is just a decision. Definitely a decision. And it, I was gonna say it can be excused by the taking place without a script thing, but that is the one area where the director should be able to be like, no, we're doing no, it this we're way. No, we're doing it this way, and we need to find an excuse for this camera to be here. Because that's always the tricky part about the found footage thing, right? Is getting all the set pieces that you want and having it make sense on why they're being filmed. Yeah. Next line. Uh, Tom Doty of Floyd County Times wrote, Finally, a zombie flick so dull and uninspired that it may slow down the uh, deluge of undead straight-to-video flicks, which I disagree with wholeheartedly. Throughout none of this, was I, like, was I bored? I wasn't bored, that's for sure. I was so entertained through the whole thing. I had a blast watching this. And, surprisingly enough, wasn't even high during it. I was. You were. I was not. Um, and I had a good time. I don't, the, the only alcoholic beverage I had was a 4% wine cooler that I happened to steal from my mother earlier in the day. Um, you just sounded like the biggest wimp. I know. For, for what it's worth, I'm today drinking... Day Fade Huckleberry Hard Seltzer. Yeah, that makes you sound even wimpier. Because, you know what? I am a hard bitch, and I deserve this. I'm watching my calories. Don't (laughs) even. Actually, the hard seltzer thing is such a disappointment, because when I bought it 
and this is, I don't think that this is fixing it, but I thought it was a cider. <laughs> Ciders are just a little bit better well, than we, seltzer. We got that one from my mom a while back, right? I don't remember what it was supposed to be. It wasn't apple. But we got some sort of really neat cider, and I was like, I love this. I want to have more of it. So then we did, the same company did, like, a Marionberry one, which I always feel like I mispronounced. And that was good. And I was like, oh, they've got an apricot one I want to try. They had it in at Safeway last time. We get there. They don't have it. But I see one that's labeled Huckleberry. I get it. I get it home. Take a look at the can again. It's seltzer. And my night was kind of ruined. But I've only got two more left. So <laughs> if I drink them quick, I can justifiably get something different. Something's actually going to give you something? Yes. But enough of my drinking problem. Um... Let's see, uh, Daryl Loomis of DVD Verdict wrote, I'm not sure that there's anything we need to see less in horror than a, a new found footage zombie movie, which, given, let's see, this came out in 2012, yeah, I mean. Yeah, there were kind of a lot of found at, footage movies and zombie movies. At then. this point, Romero had even decided to put one out, mm-hmm. which, George Romero, what are you doing, my dude? Why? really why diary of the dead is bad it's not good um but we're not here to discuss that and then finally mark l miller of ain't it cool news wrote it feels like the intentions are there to attempt to be something different by glomming a bunch of different things together but instead the film feels like an unfocused masterpiece (laughs) and you're not wrong the movie definitely i think is trying to say something i don't know what you can't because say it was trying to say something if there's not even a script. And that's exactly it, right? There's not a script. But I can I can kind of tie these very interesting concepts throughout it, right? In this way that, like, we kind of hide all these, like, dirty underworkings of society under these, like, consumerist ideals, right? Because, like, let's face it. Face it. Fuck. Let's face it. <laughs> uh, fashion blogging and, like, fashion culture is some deeply bougie shit, right? Like, it's, it's some pretty, like, pe- people who don't have money don't really fashion blog, I feel. Yeah. It's It's a easy distraction, right? It's like, peop- like, no offense to people who do makeup tutorials, but only rich ki- people can afford that shit. No, no, um, not really. Because makeup tutorials are actually, like, a huge boon to the trans community, Oh, that's true. Because it's that. like some of there's a decent number of people who do makeup tutorials for very basic like everyday makeup that like a trans woman might not have access to, that's right? True. Because it's like you're not going to have had the bonding experience potentially of like your mom teaching you how to put on makeup, right? Or well, like a family member or a friend or something, right? True. Sorry, I was just thinking about my own first makeup experience from my mom. Yeah, it was it rough? Was rough. Just because my mom apparently has no idea how to put on makeup. I don't think my brother and I ever messed around with makeup. We definitely messed around with nail polish a lot. Like, like I got the best lesson lot. in makeup from my dad. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason that tracks. I don't know why. Your dad is an enigma. And there's a lot of stories about your dad and that your dad has told that I don't know if they're true or if they're just, like, a lie and lore that he's built up for himself. Yeah, it's hard to tell with him. Because, like, your dad will talk about having a painting displayed in some museum in London, right? 
Uh, yeah. something you've told me before. He had a drawing displayed in some museum in the UK. I remember you saying while. it was a pretty, like, prestigious one, even. Yeah. Uh, you said that he's... He had to sub in for some band. Yeah. That he was, like, a roadie or something, and one night one of the people couldn't perform, and so he had to sub in for them. Dude, he lived in California. Yeah, but I remember you saying it was, like, kind of a big band. Yeah, but I think he did it at a time when they weren't that popular yet. Okay, but you can understand why that's, like, that's a bullshit story, right? Yeah, but at the same time, you're, like, kind of believe it. Like, if, if I were If you heard my dad sing, you would believe that he's done that. I, I don't know. I've heard him mumble sing throughout the house before. It's different. I don't know. Like, there's just there's a lot of stories about your dad that I'm like, I don't know if you're bullshitting me. I've just learned to accept it's probably 95% real, 5% bullshit. Yeah, your dad's truly a bizarre person. Uh-huh. I don't remember where we were on that. Like, why we wound up on that tangent. But I feel like it's about time that we wrap up. Because I run out of things to say about Zombinator beyond... I loved this movie. No. I had such a good time with it. I would not watch it again. I would watch it again, but only with other people around who had not yet seen it. Even if they yeah. listened to this, if they had not seen it themselves, like actually exper experienced it, I'd have to watch it again. Yeah, but then you're watching it more to see what they think than yeah. watching the movie. Like... <sighs> I was going to say, I don't know if I would just re-watch Antichrist, but I would re-watch Antichrist. Watch it in a fucking instant. You, you want to watch Antichrist after this? No! Okay. Um, but uh, I, would, I would absolutely have to. And in the interest of that, though, like all the movies in my junk pile, they must be shared. They, no. they hold too much power to be held by a single individual. And so, in the interest of that, if anybody would like my copy of Zombinator, shoot us a DM. Either Somebody, please take it away. At Actatus on Twitter. Actually, it's at It's Actatus. keep forgetting that. Uh, at It's Actatus on Twitter. I think my current handle is just Actatus. Uh, or at NalbsPod uh, on Twitter as well. And, uh, I don't know, first come, first serve, we'll, we'll shoot that out to you. Uh, I'll sign it, and maybe I'll make Frankie sign it. <laughs> I love the idea of signing things, I'm sorry. <laughs> then I know I shouldn't, because I've had to spend all day signing off disinfection logs. Uh, and I've, I've grown to hate my signature. I already hate it anyways. It feels too alien, but I hate my signature anyways. It, it sucks doing it, like, 32 times in a day, <laughs> and yet I still am, like... I yeah, want to autograph for people. Yeah, if you many times, of course you're going to hate it. Yeah. Um, especially when you're under a time constraint. Yeah. But uh, we, will, we will shoot that off to you. Any recommendations? Uh, yes. Let me think for just a moment. Can you give any recommendations first? Uh, you should check out this beat band <laughs> on Secret. Okay. What kind of genre do they do? They're oh, God. Um... They do music kind of in the style of Ruel. So she did, like, they use one of Ruel's songs, the Shadowhunter theme song. Oh, is that the one that you were listening to yesterday? Yeah. 
Okay, is that genre of music I really dislike, but I know other people might like, right? It's kind of like I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to it as like epic pop. Yeah, that's right? what I would Where put it's it to. A lot of like those strings. You have a lot of the the like reverby like drum that hits. So okay, it's so very it's very Imagine Dragons. Yeah, like Imagine Dragons is like biggest hits are like into that that realm right of like th- there's some bits of like radioactive that i can think of that hit that like epic pop type thing yeah i it's not a genre for me i love the sh- fuck out of it look if it's not a bunch of very broke people like screaming about their drug problems and like issues with gender and everything it's just not for me babe you don't like anything i like plenty no sure i do no of course i do no I absolutely do. And in the interest of that, I'm going to recommend a couple things this week. First of all, I'm going to make good on what I recommended in our, our uh, trashed episode. Uh, I've been watching through Tom Walker is Good's uh, American Truck Stimu- Simulator uh, streams. He's got all the VODs up on twitch.tv forward slash Tom Walker is Good. He's a very good uh, comedian out of Australia. Um, I'm also going to recommend, I think I've probably recommended it several times, but it's just it, the podcast keeps getting better. Uh, BigSoftTitty.png with uh, Tom Walker and Demi Lardner. Uh, Demi Lardner as well. Uh, if you can, watch some of her stuff on YouTube and throw her some love. She gets targeted by, like, the chuddiest of people, and it sucks so much. Um, especially for someone who does, like, really surrealist, like, kind of, like, just very queer comedy. Like, it sucks to have that just attacked by uh, weird neckbeard, like, basement dweller types well if we're going twitch streamers you guys check out kelsey dangerous oh yeah that's the one that does the, all the the sims 3 th- or sim streams right yeah she does other stuff though okay also last week i recommended i think i recommended it last week forager it is a game uh available i think through like the humble bundle store as well as games pass um it's a very cute very fun very light sort of sort of game easily completed and honestly probably like 20 to 30 hours uh not counting maybe like some idle time it's very lovely and i don't know it brought me a lot of joy i will and finally i'm going to recommend a band she her hers just to uh just a couple yours uh it's really good uh like trans focused uh punk like folk punk um it's really some good shit it's it's pretty it's pretty good i don't know it's it quickly made its way into like my my frequently played shit, uh, and I think I think that'll do it. The worst part is I I always build up like recommendations in my head of things to like get people to to give some eyes to, and then I I forget when it's time to record because I actually don't write it down. Write it down. I know I should. Uh, Frankie, they can't find you anywhere online. Nope. Um, so instead, uh, go join a march or. Uh, something. Try and, try and, like, better yourself and the people around you. Yeah, because there was another cop shooting this week. Oh, there's been so many. So fucking many. The worst part is, you've said that, this could come out next week. This could come out the the week after. It'll always be relevant. Oh, God. But, uh, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. We're gonna try and put out some more episodes. We've got some planned. A lot of it's just getting the motivation to actually do something because my brain's pretty trash garbage to to put it bluntly 
And if I don't get an episode going, kind of nobody will, because Frankie doesn't know how to operate, like, the recording equipment. Well, no, I don't. And it seems to have an adversity towards taking notes. You've got a steel trap for a brain. I don't. You don't. I so don't. Uh, and Smeg, Smeg's been busy, like, writing his novel and, uh, like, streaming and, like, really just getting shit moving on all these other fronts. So... Unless unless I get stuff going, things don't really happen. But we've got some episodes planned. Um, I think next week you and I had discussed doing. We're gonna probably f- try and finally do Wally, if I can uh, muster up the uh, the brain power to to sit through it. And then after that, I think we are gonna do a live commentary for the Death Note movie with Willem Dafoe, largely because I really want more Willem Dafoe in my life. And you want to force me to watch that movie. Um, and I really want to just get drunk and yell into a microphone for probably, what, like an hour and a half, two hours? Yeah, probably. And then we'll wind up wrapping that up with a d- uh, episode the week after on a discussion on, like, the Death Note uh, series. Like, j- pretty much just the uh, anime and the manga because I never watched any of the Japanese releases because I am a hack. But uh, until next time, be kind. Rewind. And be, be excellent. excellent. And, uh, you know, party on, I guess. Safely. Responsibly. Alone. Always alone. Forever alone. We're never getting out of this. This will continue. Until our bones occupy the apartments we live in. Or the streets we're forced out into. I'm ending this recording. It's gotten too sad. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.